Think you did? No. All right then. <laughs> um, yeah, it was WrestleMania weekend this this weekend at AT and Stadium, home of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I'm a Cowboys fan, much to my chagrin over these last low 25 years of barrenness. But there you go. Anywho, um, yeah, Impact Wrestling put on a show. Loads of other people put on very cool shows as well, and we're going to try and talk about them as we go through the week. It's not going to be like a Today at New Japan kind of deal because I just can't watch that much wrestling anymore and my brain would just go to mush. Uh, but we are at WrestleCon for Impact. We are probably going to look at the Ring of Honor show during the week. Uh, young Alex Watt wants to have a crack at that along with Marcus as well. Um, and uh, we'll see where else we can fit in. I might be able to do a Today at, well, probably last weekend at as I get things watched during the week. Um, but my guest for today, as you've already heard, is Mr. Marcus Green of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. How are you doing, sir? Doing good. It was a jam-packed weekend of wrestling, but luckily uh, we the kind of guys that, that <laughs> enjoy that that kind of uh, load. Uh, the pressure. The, the, the pressure of it all. We can't, uh, like you said, can't review everything. Certainly can't watch everything, but we find a happy medium when we can. No, that's it. I can't. I want to watch Bloodsport. Um, I want to watch um, the New Japan show, and I want to watch... A big gay lunch. I think those will probably big gay brunch. I should say. I think those will probably keep me going for quite some time. Or that match with Effie and Minoru Suzuki. That looks kind of cool. But again, it's just like picking and choosing is difficult. It's going to be going to one of those watch everything or pick out the matches you like. But we, we will get it all watched. But we're kind of concentrate on the Impact Wrestling Multiverse from the WrestleCon show. Um, this was at the Fairmont Hotel. A lot of the shows that were associated with impact so i think the new japan show was also at the fairmont as well um and, and wrestlecon do put on a big show along with the convention that goes with it um which is usually one of the most anticipated events of the year because obviously it's wrestlemania weekend there's about hundred thousand people in town and a lot of people are now just going for the indie shows they're not bothering with wrestlemania at all they're just going for wrestlecon and gcw's collective shows because there's more than enough wrestling to keep you busy from days at a time. And so, yeah, so that was it. And wrestling pervades everything at this time of year. Today I was watching the World Darts Federation World Championship from Finley Green, um, the the successor to the BDO World Darts Championship. And there was a lady in the women's competition who has a striking resemblance to Becky Lynch. And the commentators were going on about this striking resemblance to Becky Lynch. And I hope she did better than Becky Lynch did, because she lost. She ended up losing. There you go. It's not a good weekend for redheads. Let's put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yes. So, that that was it. Everything pervades everything. Then they had a five-minute argument about whether wrestling was real or not. Because, yeah, that's that's where we are. Oh, we so look forward to those. Yes, indeed. But let us go to the multiverse. The first match on the particular show was the Ultimate X match, which was an interesting way of setting about things. Trey Miguel, Blake Christian, Chris Bay, Jordan Grace, Rich Swan, and Vincent were in this particular one. Blake Christian had a very busy weekend. As he pointed out on Twitter earlier today, he may be the very first person to wrestle for Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact, and GCW on the same day. Hey, man. Uh, yeah. Blake Christian, may all your checks clear. Yeah. Indeed. He is a man of uh, man in demand, as they say. And also um, of high talent and good value for money, I find. Um, but this was an intriguing little opener, kind of a traditional opener in its opening slot, as it used to be. Miguel, Christian, Bay, Grace and Swan with Vincent were an intriguing mix. And it's not your usual people you would necessarily have in this style of match. Um, and Jordan Grace came awfully close to upsetting Trey Miguel in this match, which I found very interesting. Uh, but a solid little Ultimate X match, really. It wasn't um, as good as it can be because I think when people have experience in these matches, they tend to do better. And as far as I can remember, Jordan Grace and Trey Miguel had more experience than everybody else. 
So, yeah, I think if, they'd had, if they had another go, I think they'd make a better job of it. Not this was particularly bad, just that, you know, it's the kind of match that rewards ring time in this environment, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Um, and, and to your point, like, you know, it kind of felt kind of kind of short. And like you said, what was the best that we've seen? And, I mean, to its, to its credit, I mean, this, this match was kind of kind of felt like a thrown together specialty match for the show. Um, yeah. But also another test for Miguel with some of the usual suspects that you would you would find vying for his title. But ultimately, there was no linear story leading into this match. Um, more so what's coming up for him in a triple threat with um, always, I mean, Mike Bailey and uh, Austin. So, you know, um, this was a good hurdle for him. Like you said, Jordan Grace got close since she, uh, I guess, is kind of over the whole thing with the digital media uh, title with that's elsewhere <laughs> right now. Of course, she's probably better off away from that than she is close to it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, like you said, it was a good affair, got a nice match. Didn't expect Vincent to be in there, but he, you know, he was a, a good, I guess, uh, dark horse, if you will, to throw in there. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you can't really go wrong with this this array of talent. You know, they're always going to give you something to watch. But uh, I think ultimately it just served as a, as a nice uh, palette opener. Yeah, that's it. Kind <laughs> of like set the stage. Bit of intergender wrestling action as well, which Impact's noted for these days out of the major promotions in North America. And yeah, kind of laid out what Impact Wrestling's about, which was intriguing. Um, next match was an intergender match. It was billed as a mixed tag match, but to be honest, it was just a regular straight tag match. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mickey James and Nick Aldis of the NWA versus Chelsea Green and Matt Cardona. Uh, the current king and queen heels of Impact Wrestling and the NWA. Uh, so it wasn't. It was. It was a bit of a stretch to call this a multiverse match. I suppose Cardona is an Impact Wrestling champion, and he was. Rest, he was representing uh, Impact Wrestling in this particular instance. But they're both NWA regulars as well. So it was kind of just like an NWA match on an Impact Wrestling show. But one advantage is NWA rules would never allow for an intergender tag match. It's just not their thing. Um, so this kind of like balances that out, I thought. And I thought that was kind of a nice approach. It was nice to see Nick Aldis in an Impact Wrestling ring for the first time in about three or four years. The last time he was there was when he dropped the Global Wrestling Federation Championship. Um, so yeah, this is this was an intriguing kind of match. It was never going to be anything particularly spectacular as far as wrestling content was concerned, but it did the job of Cardona being a bit of a shit um, and Chelsea Green following up on her husband's horribleness. And that was fine. Uh, I quite enjoyed it for the good bit of pantomime fluff it was. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Yeah, you nailed it again. Um, you know, it was cool seeing Magnus back in there. I, I almost forgot about it. I think I tried to wipe my mind of that whole Jerry came back to seemingly take over Impact with Global Force, that whole uh, little run. But yeah, it was cool to see him again, cool to see him getting to wrestle with his wife. Um, and then this incident again, um, I think one of my favorite parts about the, you know, these shows across the, the wrestling weekend that weren't necessarily the big kahunas, if you will, was that so many stores were threaded through multiple companies. Yeah. Um, and, and they kept a lot of the, the narratives going. Now people jumping from one character in this company to another character in that company, everything kind of felt like a through line. Um, so that whole thing of, of course, Mickey wants to tear Chelsea's head off because she, you know, Surprisingly, turned out to be a crap friend. Uh, <laughs> but it was interesting because this was a legitimate tag match. It wasn't. It wasn't a mixed tag like the the men and women were going at each other, which I thought was a was a, a nice switch up to what we normally get. And uh, like you said, this was never go being for any type of. It was never going to be a four star match, but it, it did what it needed to do. And like you said, it's continuing uh, the Cardona's uh, reign of terror over the industry, if you will. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, as well, also, Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green have had mixed tag matches, as most notably with Team Bussy in uh, GCW against uh, FB and uh, Ali Catch. So it kind of continues that flow of an annoying the top baby faces in whichever company they're in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that, but that Kingsland that double tap out, that was, that was cool. That was a sweet, sweet finisher, yeah. The match ended with a double Kingsland Cloverleaf as Mickey James applied it to Chelsea Green, just as uh, uh, Nick Aldis applied it to Matt Cardona, and a measure of revenge for the Crockett Cup 
where Aldis did not win the championship back from Cardona. Yeah. Uh, next up was a singles match. Speedball Mike Bailey defeated Alex Shelley in 15 minutes and three seconds. Alex Shelley coming back uh, after a bit of a break from injury uh, to Impact Wrestling. The um, most of the Guns reunited last week to take on Bullet Club this week. Mike Bailey um, had a bit of a classic with Alex Shelley. Uh, 8.13 from the cage match users. This was exceptional professional wrestling. And you just forget how good Alex Shelley is when he's not there. And then he comes back and you go, oh, everything is right with the world because Alex Shelley is a god of professional wrestling. And that's true. <laughs> he just is. Um, and like the speedball Mike Bailey... I'd seen a little bit of him on the Indies a few years ago and thought he was exceptional. I knew he had problems getting to the States, and now he's got that problem sorted out. He's making up for lost time in a big way and having stellar matches with everyone he puts himself in the ring with. He had another biggie weekend as well, wrestling for some uh, of the other promotions uh, around the collective and for uh, WrestleCon 2. But this was outstanding work. 15 minutes and three seconds. Marcus, your thoughts? A few things you watch this this show for. Um, a few of them uh, certainly being wrestling uh, matches, uh, and this is one of them. Um, like you said, Alex Shelley is one of the best to ever do it. There was a promo exchange between him and um, uh, our boy, one of our favorite heels, Jay White, uh, <laughs> some weeks back on Impact, where he was like, "Look, like I understand what you think you are, but I set the stage for you. I'm your." Uh, if you if you will, your um OG, if you will, and he kind of laid out and then let it be known just what he's meant to the industry, and he's one hundred percent right. Like Alex Shelley is a stalwart in the industry, and it's kind of easy to forget because he's been a part of two uh great tag teams and and obviously the machine guns and the, and the time splitters. Um, that he really is one of the best you know single stars that you're gonna get, and I think you know you put this up, and he I think he's pretty much had two matches of your candidates with Bailey and Jay White just this year yeah um, so you know this, this is definitely one of those matches we could, again we could talk to you about all all days that we blew in the face but you need to go watch this match and, and yeah and to mike bailey's credit um like you said i hadn't seen much of him i think i seen the most i seen on him and, and thankfully because uh that, that company had you know been a bridge to a way to a lot of performers that people wouldn't have otherwise seen in bola with pwg yeah yeah, yeah. Seen a lot of them there and then um, I hadn't seen him because, like you said, he was having a lot of travel issues. And then now that he's back, like you said, he's making up for lost time. He's making up for lost time in a great way. So, um, yeah, he's this one of the matches where it could have went either way. But, you know, obviously it went the way of the, of, of the vet. But, yeah, man, um, those guys, I, I like to see him clash again. I tell you that. The guy. Yeah. I mean, I've seen him a lot wrestling for a C4 out of Calgary. Um, and, you know, they're they're kind of a. A big indie Canada's probably Canada's big indie on the east coast, and they were booking a lot of big name US talents a couple of years ago. And Mike Bailey was their house guy, you know, he was the he was the local guy who was that good, um, and could hang with the top level international touring stars. So they always put him in matches with him. <laughs> so, yeah, nice. No, this was this was good. Um, and yeah, and yeah, Alex Shelley is just. Just outstanding. Still is outstanding. You know, for the for those of you who don't get the story between him and Jay White, while Alex Shelley was on um, a sabbatical from New Japan Pro Wrestling, the end of the last time splitters run, went back uh, to the East Coast in his home to uh, continue training as a um, a sports uh, trainer, basically, uh, on more on the medical end. And New Japan asked him to kind of look after the young boys who were on excursion and give them some tips and in a role that Sumi Sakai and uh, has kind of had as well. And between Sumi Sakai and, and Alex Shelley, they looked after Jay White and gave him loads of tips and advice uh, through his Ring of Honor run, um, as well as other people like Evil and uh, Sho and Yo. And so, yeah, he's been a really important part in the industry, not just in North America, but in Japan as well. Um, so let us move on to the next match, which was for the Impact Knockout Tag Team Championships match. This was the influence Madison Rain and Tenille Dashwood defeating Gay, Havoc and Rosemary, Giselle Shaw and Lady Frost and Savannah Evans and Tasha Steeles in nine minutes and two seconds. This was kind of one of those matches where you knew nothing would happen. 
<laughs> because they were talking about the team that weren't there all the time, the number one contenders. So therefore, you know, it wasn't going to work, was it? They weren't losing the championships in this match because they kept talking about the tag team title match that's going to come up on the next pay-per-view. And therefore, all the angle was about that, which is a bit of an issue when you're trying to sell the match you're currently on. So as much as this match was perfectly fine and fun for what it was, uh, it did have the problem of, you know, the inspiration weren't there and they are the main focus of the tag team division. So you kind of feel that everyone else was kind of swinging for the fences on a match that didn't really matter. So as much as it was fun to watch, it was a bit meaningless and it was telegraphed that it was a bit meaningless. The things that kind of moved forward was the tag team between Giselle Shaw and Lady Frost, which is obviously kind of an old school wrestling trope of, oh, these mismatched partners, can they get along? Yes, they can for a while until somebody falls out with somebody else and then there'll be a big shoot. So that's kind of what's going on there. Nice to see Savannah Evans and Tasha Steele tagging together again. I haven't seen them tagging in a while, which was really, really cool. And they got everyone on the card. Everyone had a payday. I'm not going to complain, but it was just artistically a bit flat for my tastes. I was no knock on the effort involved because the actual match itself was perfectly fine, but it just didn't seem to be a bit pointless. Marcus, your thoughts? Yeah, again, I think you pretty much covered it. You know, we uh, we have a certain appreciation here for foregone conclusions. Um, <laughs> we, we can, we can, we, you know, we could, uh, we've gotten used to that in a certain fashion, even in New Japan. Uh, they 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 do a good job of keeping us on our toes, though. But yeah, this was kind of what it was. I mean, it's it's been, um. The thing and impact with the, between the inspiration and the, and the influence, I oftentimes get them confused. I think a lot of it has to do with me not caring either way. Um, <laughs> and that's not that's no that's no knock on the talent, uh, but but you know it, it's just not uh, as as exciting for me as it probably could be. Um, yeah, you know it's uh, like you said, looking at names like you know Lady Frost and obviously like you said deals. Getting back to tag with you know her, her horse, if you will, is intriguing. Uh, those are intriguing parts. It kind of feels like Rosemary and um, Havoc are kind of floating at the moment. Um, like yeah. to see you know somebody like Rosemary kind of get back into something uh, consistently creative. But uh, yeah, like you said, it was a solid, solid outing. You know, no slackers in this match. All these women are good. Um, I'm glad they all got a payday, but it was, it was just kind of one of the things. I'm glad it, it was in the. I'm glad it had the spot it did on the show. Um, yeah. You know, but but yeah, solid out. Like you said, everything about you know the women's tag titles. The, the the narrative is elsewhere. Like you said, the narrative wasn't in this match. It was a, it was it was outside of it. So you know. Yeah, I mean, Giselle shows <laughs> done well since she started a debut in Impact a few months ago. And it's kind of like the perfect balance for her because she's a big star in the UK. She's Progress Women's Champion. She's RPW Women's Champion. Um, she's a big name for the two biggest indie companies. And they let her go off and wrestle for impact. So she's kind of got a nice balance. It's, yeah. She's one person that never seemed to be... The, you know, a lot of the British women signed up with WWE UK, NXT UK because it was a living. You know, it was a full-time job where they could full-time wrestle. And... You've only really seen Kaylee Ray um, and uh, Dewdrop. Uh, God, that's a horrible name for somebody. She's made it yeah. work and she's got it over, but it is like, but no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you're a killer. That's the why, why are you, why are you yeah. called Dewdrop? Yeah. Yeah. Dropping Nikki Ash. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, I anyway. But yeah, she got it over, and you can't complain about that. People love her, and that's that's cool. But it just seems like such a horrific thing to do. Somebody, um, yeah, but at least it's not Gunter. Anyway, um, yeah. So there's only been a couple of people come out of that system on the women's side that have really shone and got to either NXT proper or the main card. Main card. Um, of course, Nikki didn't. Nikki Cross didn't because she was already on the main roster. She got there quite quickly. Um, she was signed to the main roster and got through NXT, you know, before NXT UK really happened. And Giselle Shaw didn't. And there's a couple of people who've been in that NXT UK system and did not re-sign because they don't see it the, as they don't see it as doing anything for them, which is 
kind of worrying for WWE when, you know, your young talent's going, yeah, I'd rather, you know, go and wrestle on the indies with my mates and have a fun time and enjoy myself and earn a small yeah, living. <laughs> yeah, you could just see that right. I mean, when it feels like most of the, the, the more, most prominent parts of that UK brand are just getting folded into the American NXT brand anyway. Yeah, I think, I well, I mean, that's it. I mean, like, Walter didn't see himself wrestling in the States when he first signed with NXT. And then I think he pretty much had done everything he wanted to do. So, and then it was like, well, I best earn some money then while I can. Um, yeah. You know, um, Garrett on Twitter is, uh, Garrett Kidney is a long-time wrestling writer, was saying this week that, like, Walt is the perfect wrestler. You do not have to change anything about him. And it's actually making him upset that WWE are changing anything about him. Why do you need to change anything about you? Just point him at the opponent and press go and it makes money, you know? And I think a lot of people have seen that kind of attitude in, in NXT, especially in the UK side, where they're not earning a lot of money <laughs> compared yeah. to what they could earn elsewhere. You notice Jamie Hayter wasn't particularly burning herself to go uh, sign with WWE NXT UK when the opportunity to go to AEW came up. And, of course, there is the um, well-touted horror story that is Tony Storm, which has had a happy ending this week. So, yeah, yeah I think Giselle Shaw's in the right place, actually, for her. and Good on her. Yeah, and that, that thing, the conversation between, you know, uh, her and, and Frost potentially being partners, because they, they've been burning it down mm. in the time they've linked up. Like, they've had some of the, the, the better matches that, you know, I've seen. And some of that has been, uh, I think they've got put them on BTI a couple times. I'm like, man, this is a, you know, these, you get these girls a good 15, 20 minutes and that's, that's, you know, they stay on the shelf. So yeah. Um, yeah. Potentially being tag partners that, that, that's got a lot of, uh, a lot of. The next match we're going to talk about is back to the multiverse as Noah, <laughs> pro wrestling Noah, kind of, I think they paid pro wrestling Noah for the badge sticker on the promo. And that's about it. Um, representative Eddie Edwards, who hasn't actually wrestled for Noah since 2019 when he was on a talent swap agreement. Though he's wrestled for Noah for most of his career, but, but yeah. <laughs> Went up against Tomohiro Ishii of New Japan Pro Wrestling. 14 minutes of 59 seconds, 7.95 stars from the uh, points from the cage match users. This is Eddie Edwards' best match of the last three or four years. Ishii is Ishii. You stick him in front of someone and you press go, and that's how it works. And it was a nice change of pace to see him wrestle somebody new. Um, Eddie wasn't dealing with a load of storyline stuff, so he's kind of at his best, and just kind of the best place to put him is just like give him a wrestling match, and he becomes infinitely more watchable. And this thing rocked, I really enjoyed it. It wasn't probably up on there on the best match, what up end of the best match of the card. Bailey and Shelley was probably better, but it was the best I've seen of Eddie Edwards in a very long time, and I thoroughly enjoyed this. And it just did what you expected it to do. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? A couple of wrestling matches, this is the second one. Mm. Um, definitely, it's, it's Eddie Edwards who's one of the best. Uh, when he went, like you said, you put him in the right direction, you hit go, and it's Tomohiro Ishii. There is really, I mean, he's a consistently a standard, like the, the Tanahashi's, like the Minoru's, um, and, and such of that elk, you know. Um, they could have gave me 10 more minutes of this, honestly. You know, <laughs> it's one of them, it was one of them contests, and uh. Yeah, you know, it it has got this whole thing going on with Honor no more, and that's that's interesting because we haven't seen him um, in that particular way um, in a very long time, and uh, just the whole thing coming coming out of Ring of Honor, that that whole cycle that I thought they kind of dropped the belt off him too soon after the whole Tesla thing, the young. So I think there's a lot of things real life um, interjected in that as well. But yeah. Um, this is this is great, and, and that whole telling it, of course, that the Noah thing with 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 him, and then that's always something they can go to. But yeah, they could they could keep doing more stuff like this, like you said. Um, you know, hopefully people can appreciate all this this new Japan crossover that we're getting with the likes of uh, Ishii and, and Minoru, because you're not gonna have these guys forever. And these are these are special talents that you don't get 
mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, and, and, and specifically with the consistency that they've held up for as long as they have. So I hope, you know, hope people really appreciate what they're saying. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Ichi's in town for the big matches in Dallas and he's wrestling Minoru Suzuki in Chicago next week, which would be a big headline match. Um, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice when he gets out the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <'cause> it <laughs> goes wrestles other people. <laughs> yeah, because it, it just made me think about specifically watching the the Supercard Honor Show. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like you're talking about, like how you know it's it's Minoru Suzuki, right? Like he's got one of the, yeah. the you know that that theme song, and we know who he is. And then, unfortunately, being all time Impact fans, it's like. Like you said, he comes out and then somebody goes, did you hear that? And you're like, what? I think I heard a, mosqu- a mosquito sneeze. <laughs> what? And it's like, and it's, you know, we know, but some of them just don't really, like you said, choose not yeah. to get out the impact bubble. And that's fine. It's nice that the company has a has a, a niche fan base. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's it, it, he's just one of those guys that you just need to be in to know about to really appreciate. So. Hopefully, like I said, us American fans really appreciate these guys coming over here because it, it's still a lot. It's, it's still a big to do with, 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 you know, COVID still being a thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, Especially with restrictions in Japan as well. Exactly. So I hope, you know, like I said, hope fans really get in and really, you know, take note of these matches because trust me, a lot of these guys that they're used to seeing over here are chomping at the bit to get in the ring with these two. Exactly. This, this was outstanding work. Um, Ishii, yeah, just, just, it's just incredible. He's on another level, and he brings a show up. You know, the 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 trouble with WrestleCron really is they're kind of compromised as to what rooms they get, and this room wasn't really great for wrestling because the ceiling's too low, so you can't get the lights out of the way of the cameras. There's various bits and pieces of production that didn't look great, and yeah. then Ishii walks out, and you don't care. <laughs> Because it's Tomohiro Ishii. It's war on two legs. You know, it's it's just... I probably shouldn't use that comment in the current context. You know what I mean? He's got such absolute vital presence about him that all of a sudden, you know, all those little squiffs about production values, nah, don't really know. Hey, look, it's Tomohiro Ishii, and he's wrestling Eddie Edwards, and Eddie Edwards is on fire. And that, yeah. this is going to be great. Just kick yeah. in, that's it. So, yeah. So that's really, really cool. It was good. Uh, next up, your Impact Wrestling Heavyweight Champion Moose tagged with PCO of Honor No More against Jonah and Josh Alexander. Jonah of DMK, who had an awful lot of business over on that New Japan show with uh, Dave Finley and Juice Robinson. But in Impact Wrestling, he tagged with eh, on again, off again, non this Josh Alexander. Um, this building on the angle between Moose and Alexander, obviously Moose took Alexander's title and recently when he returned, and this bit I do not understand. And me and Marcus have talked long and hard about Impact's ability to shoot itself in the foot on a regular basis. At the last weekend show in Philadelphia, Moose, a man with a very storied and very public um, history of violence against women, uh, attacked Alex- Josh Alexander's wife. <laughs> and I'm like, well, why would you do that? Why, why would you do that? Why would you draw attention to that? This is your heavyweight champion. Why I are um, Yes. So that kind of blasted through my brain this week as I was watching... Uh, updates on impact from last week um and then this match was fine there was nothing wrong with it it wasn't it was the the fans do really behind josh alexander which is really really key to seeing because he's the big baby face and i do hope they pull the trigger on a longer title reign for him because impact did the same issue with cowboy james storm about seven or eight years ago and then yeah by the time storm had actually got around to winning the championship again all the heat died off of him um and i don't yeah, and, and everything about this was good, except for the, the angle that Moose is currently running, which leaves a bad taste in the mouth. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of kind of what put me off this match. Just your yeah, thoughts, and I, Marcus. And I, and I guess that makes us, you know, um, that's what I love about us in a lot of ways here at True Penny Show. Um, and shout out to Chelsea, too, because I know she, she'd be on stuff like this. Um you know, we, we, we are sensitive and, 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 and try to be keen to wear stuff like that. And I guess there's certain fans that could be nitpicky because in their minds, it's, you know, it's a, it's a part of the angle. 
Yeah. You know, but it's, it, we, you know, we, we're coming off so many, uh, we're coming off a couple of years of, you know, speaking up movement where, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, those, those, those in character angles and stuff got severely blurred with, with horrendous real life optics. Yeah. And it didn't, it, it didn't, it didn't end well for a lot of guys who you're not hearing about almost like they faded away uh, completely because, you know, those lines got blurred and it, and it turned into a pile of manure. And, you know, with, with you know, Impact has also shown, a, a, you know, a history of hiring guys with some less than credible uh, characters. And, and I think that, you know, they've done a, a fair job of trying to get rid of some of that. But there, there is some stink still on some guys. And, you know, it, it, there is some stuff wasn't around Moose in that regard. Now, you know, kudos to them for, you know, at least trying to get some steam in, in this angle and this whole thing with Alexander. But that that is that is something to be, uh, like you said, keen in the way of him. And, and maybe we're the ones that might care about something like that the most. But, I, you know, I think to, to our credit, it is is something to pay, uh, you know, attention to, you know. But like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think the, the issue comes with um, – and he just that impact bubble again. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, there was an argument not long ago about I can't remember which particular wrestler was. Um, and someone said, well, Why do you have a problem with them? Because it doesn't really matter that much. And someone else in this conversation listed the, these fairly horrific things to do with um, uh, attitudes towards women that have been publicly like not angles stuff that's said um the accusations against them and the guy who said well that doesn't really matter though, does it you know because it's like well yes it does to me and it should do to you um but it is it's that is the thing is uh, the impact bubble we've just been talking about as far as the fans is concerned often has the negative effect of this stuff gets ignored because it's not in the greater wrestling community if that makes sense yeah like the there is probably no way moose ever gets a job with AEW. i wouldn't think um but because of those particular issues but that won't bother impact fans because they just don't watch AEW. i doubt that they barely know it exists so it's you know it that's that's the thing but it means that the stuff that stops him getting a job with AEW doesn't even occur to the people who are watching him impact and that's the reason why you know they can pitch him as the champion and it works for them and that's the way it is and that's that's the way they are and you are right they have done an awful lot to clean their act up there was a period of time where i just stopped watching because i'm just sick of it why yeah. should i watch this company that is promoting people who are just horrible and are just bad for business and i th- think a lot of people were with me at the time um also stopped watching and that's the reason why they changed their act you know and they've smartened themselves up and they have got a good product but yeah you're right there's still things that could be better and it's okay if moose is clearly a reformed character and he's tried very hard to get away from that part of his personality and has clearly become a member of the roster that's valued with his company but you don't go and highlight it again, <laughs> you know, to like, you know, put over how, you know, here is this person who did awful things in the past. It's surely just bad for business to like put that in the public domain once again. And that, and again, it also detracts from Jonah and Josh Alexander and PCO who did astounding things in this match. And the PCO just amazes me as a middle-aged gentleman myself and he's older than i am how you can do the things he does yeah it's it's interesting but but now that i think about it going back it's, it's, there, there's a unique way in which impact shoots itself in the foot too and, and this is i guess the comedic side of it because yes. i'm thinking about it, like, okay there are two options here there's alexander's wife and then there's his kid and we know their history when it comes to involving kids because uh longtime impact fans will remember a certain um you know um not lucha bros moment but um santana and ortiz were involved in an angle 
Yes. Where where uh I think a kid got ran off. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh I don't know if I necessarily want them pushing the switching and, and getting too creative no, with a kid. No, no. <laughs> either. So it's, it's like it's 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 the vast of both worlds and I almost forgot to, you know, going back to the Mickey um, oh, yeah. and, and Mickey and Nick, all this thing is like, all right, I'll just make sure your wife doesn't take the train. Yes, <laughs> there you, there. Like, yes. you know, so you, <laughs> like almost you want to almost err on this on the side of their least creative moments <laughs> for certain things, you know, even if they all shoot themselves in the foot with, with optics, it's like if they take this another route, it's gonna get real corny, like it's gonna <laughs> get real bad. So, you know, it, it, it's the it's the catch twenty two with impact. Yeah. Let's just move on to happier things. And the real reason why people watch Impact Wrestling, Deanna Prazo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your current Ring of Honor and AAA Reynas de Reynas champion was challenged by the former AAA Reynas de Reynas champion, Fabio Apache. Eight minutes and 52 seconds of another technical masterpiece. This was very much a Matt Wrestling extravaganza, if you will. Um, of course, over on the Ring of Honor show that happened before this show, but we're reviewing it after this show. Yeah. Um, the number one contender for the Ring of Honor championship was decided in Mercedes Martinez. Um, and that challenge will come up shortly, no doubt. Um, but again, it was an intriguing way to spend the weekend because like the obvious thing for Ring of Honor was to have all the titles defended, but this gives you something to look forward to. It was a cool idea. Um, Fabio Apache is... Fabi Apache, she's one of the best wrestlers yeah. in the world and has been one of the best wrestlers in the world for the last 20 years. Um, I, I watched a load of Arceon not long ago and when she just started and she was trained, like her trainers are ridiculous. Her tra- I must look on the cage match page. That's it. She was trained by Mariko Yoshida, Gran Apache, that was her dad, and Aja Kong. So a badass shooter, one of the best luchadors ever, and Arja frigging Kong. <laughs> Not a bad bunch of people to train you, really. Um, and that kind of played out in this one. This was all kind of shoot style with a bit of uh, Lucha Libre thrown in on the mat. It was really cool. I really enjoyed this. I will watch Fabio Apache and Diona Perazzo wrestle each other for months on end. Intriguing approach as well, because Fabio Apache came in as a heel and Diona Perazzo as a babyface, even though in their current storylines, Fabio Apache is a babyface and Deanna Perazzo is a heel. Anyway. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I appreciate what they did in the time they had. I, this is another match that could have got 10 minutes for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, yeah. you know, Deanna Perazzo is, you know, like you said, call herself the virtual since she's been thriving in that element. Like you said, Fabio Apache is Fabio Apache, and they really went out there and made, you know, as is, uh, you know, the OG Jim Ross would say, maximize their minutes. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's always it's always interesting to see because that whole thing, like you said, you got stuff going on, um, coming off of that that Ring of Honor show. And like I said, I love the connectivity across companies uh, because essentially this big wrestling weekend, a lot of times, really is centered around a big Kahuna. But there were far more better story elements with these independent shows. Um, so you got Deanna being asked before the match, like, how do you feel about the interim champion? She's like. An interim, how the hell you make an interim champion? I ain't going nowhere. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> like, I wasn't in the States. Like, well, how you gonna make an interim champion? It's right here. I'm right here. So, that whole uh, thing going on, and you know, because uh, M- M- Martinez has been an impact, and last time she was there, like she said, she had a tapping out. So, that's that's an intriguing thing. But I, but I love that whole setup. And, um, I mean, you know, you got to give it to Deanna. She is not the impact. Women's champion hasn't been for a while, but she has all the smoke around her like she is. Yeah. yeah. She had this match and had a great showing. And right after we get into something, some very intriguing stuff that I was happy to see because yet another person has escaped from Arkham <laughs> <laughs> to get back to, you know, some, uh, get back to themselves, if you will. Yes, indeed. Taya Valkyrie made her return. Impact Wrestling this week as she challenges uh, Diana Perazzo for that Triple A Reynas de Reynas Championship, a title that Ty Valkyrie has held many times in the past as a Triple A regular. Um, so yes, it was an intriguing viewing, indeed. It, it uh, yeah, 
I, I kind of want Diano. She, she, she come. She, yeah, she should come out with. Well, Tony Khan can't afford me, and I, my time is precious. <laughs> I think that'd be really. So she should work that angle. Tony Khan can't actually afford me to go and defend that championship because I'm demanding too much money. So they had to create an interim championship. That's what that's where she should go. But yeah, definitely, Taya Valkyrie versus Diana Perazzo is a big money match. Um, and it's, that's the thing with people moving back and forth out of WWE and back onto the to the circuit again means that, uh, you know, this, this is the thing. The obvious story of this entire WrestleMania weekend is Cody going forwards, going back to WWE to wrestle at WrestleMania and more importantly, beat one of their biggest stars at WrestleMania because that's never happened before. Like, where, no, that's not true. That hasn't happened since the early 80s that's probably a better way of putting it you know the fact that somebody made themselves a star elsewhere and was welcomed back to the wwe as a star is repercussions for the industry you know um it means that uh mjf when he wants to go if he does want to go can make top line money it means that other people can go back if they want to or can actually go there without having to go into the performance center and go through the rigmarole of, you know, yeah. being made as wrestlers that that's, you know, it's, you're doing it all wrong <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of actions. And, and, and to your point, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that because of how everything happened with him and all the falling out after that with the whole name and all of it and everything he did on TV to, to, to clearly show you that he was still thinking about him. Or at least uh, trying to, to make a point about them. It was one of them things where he was never supposed to go back. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, because, uh, you know, he was a pillar in starting the right, the new rival. And now he's going back to, you know, to the, to the other side. So it's, it's the story elements of that make it more intriguing, I think, than even the match. Yeah. You know, that happened. Yeah. So. You know, like you said, that's the big thing. I don't know if that's necessarily my favorite return. I think that happened on that Super Card on the show as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just to be, you know, a fan and to get so many interesting things coming out of a weekend, because these could have been a bunch of mediocre shows that had some solid stuff that you ultimately won't remember. Well, I think we're going to be talking about this um, <clears throat> well into next week. Thankfully, because it's it's nice to talk about wrestling shows and not big award shows um, <laughs> that happen with stuff that should be you know dead talking points by now. But you know, so yeah, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, this is this is the thing. Cody going to WWE means a lot for the industry because we're suddenly back to the 1980s again, where other big wrestling companies can grow up and produce stars that would be of worth elsewhere. You know, it, someone said this week, it was Triple H's last match. They counted back and Triple H's last match was in Tokyo. And it was, I'm trying to remember who it was now. I think it was Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I know it's Bobby, Bobby, um, oh, sorry, Bobby Roode and, um, is it, no, no, it wasn't. This was a while back. So it was Bobby Roode and, it might have been Sami Zayn, yeah. And and Triple H was tagging with Nakamura, and they said, thankfully, he got to tag with the kids from NXT in his last match. And it's like they were all over thirty-five. <laughs> Nakamura headlined more arena shows with Brock Lesnar than Triple H had at that particular point. <laughs> it's like you're talking about dark soft. But it's it's like that attitude is like all pervading as far as WWE fans are concerned. It doesn't bother me. I don't watch WWE. Yeah, is like we talk about bubbles of wrestling fans, and WWE fans have a bubble of wrestling fans as well. You know, in the sense that it's like um, it they don't see wrestling anything that WWE isn't wrestling and it doesn't really matter as far as the casual fans concerned it's just just wrestling yeah it's I, I think I think it's a sticker point specifically with you because like you know to me I've always said like you're, you're like a real life wrestling encyclopedia so they can't spot off information you not immediately be like what <laughs> like they're like no that's not a real thing but again it's 
you know, you, you compare the bubbles of impact in, in, into the WWE, to, to a certain degree, some of it might be legitimate ignorance and impact. It's completely willful with the WWE fans. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> it. But, but, it, but you, Cody going and starting AEW and creating this entire appeal based around him. I'm not the biggest fan of Cody Rhodes. I think he's a perfectly fine wrestler. I think he works well in character-based stuff. Yes, and, and, you know, WWE is like the perfect platform for him. And I think he's come to, I mean, look, right through his comments at the, the press gaggle after WrestleMania, he kind of has realized his, his, his where he wants to be is being an in-ring storyteller and the best platform for that is WWE. Yeah. Now, I understand there's a lot of AEW fans that do feel betrayed because he said he was never going back and it was he'd burnt his bridges and that was it, it was done. Yeah. But I am happy because it, it's good for the wrestling industry. When things were looking pretty bad for the wrestling industry with WWE letting go 80 people at a time. Yeah. You know, and, and chopping down things. And maybe WWE is trying to actually do something about building new stars because they haven't done that in quite some time. Um, so yeah, it's it's not a bad thing. I mean, yeah, it doesn't. I'll probably never watch Cody wrestle again until he's back in AW. But you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for wrestling necessarily. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of them things you you thought you thought you'd never see it, but I, I think that's also the beauty of the industry. That I think a lot of people kind of cut themselves off of because they so just want to pick a side, and it's yeah. like if you love yeah. this sport the way you're supposed to. You know, like like we said, we can't watch everything. We'll tune in to most things, and hopefully, like you said, the great thing, like I said, so many things are bleeding into these shows with each other that you'll get a chance to be like, why am I cutting myself off? Yeah. You know, and the need is so many. It's so many. You know, I get the steak and potatoes, but it's it's some great hors d'oeuvres and other stuff and other entrees over here that you know you really could have a feast. If you, you want know, to, you, you know, you're knocking yourself off. So yeah, I do think that's like you said. Even if you're not the biggest fan of the man, it's great for the industry because it completely flips stuff on its head. And in a lot of ways, with WWE, they've it's happened in a I think a more softer way that people have been able to stomach. Um, particularly their fan base because they're like, well, of course they're gonna bring this person back in. They at least deserve to go in the Hall of Fame if nothing else. Yeah. But that's yeah. in a lot of ways that's how that. This person was never supposed to come back. Thing has kind of happened consistently. Yeah, you know, through the Hall of Fame. Like we just got Steiner with a live mic at the Hall of Fame. I don't. <laughs> I mean, that's, they, you, you could go into that knowing that's not the safest thing, but you know, they it's the Steiners. So yeah. you know, it's uh, it's just one of those things. You know, it's you know, hopefully, you know, the industry stays as unpredictable as as was as what we've seen happening because that's how it stays alive, and we get further away from conversation whether or not it's real or not. It does not matter because the people <laughs> who are going to bring those conversations up aren't the ones that matter. No, that's oh. it. I mean, this, this is the thing. It's like, this is the difference between WrestleMania week and Wrestle Kingdom week. During Wrestle Kingdom week, all the Japanese companies put on shows because they'd be daft not to. But people just go and buy a ticket. for. They'll buy a week's worth of tickets for Currican Hall and just go watch wrestling every day. For, for a week whilst they're in town or Shinkawa first ring and go watch the little indies that are going to do a big show because everyone supports wrestling and they go and you know, they might not be Noah fans but they'll go buy a ticket for a big show at Sumo Hall because it, it's, a, it's a good wrestling show, why would you not go see a good wrestling show you know, that's it it's like if you're a wrestling fan, go see a wrestling show you know, that's that's the difference I think I mean, don't get me wrong, there are diehard New Japan fans, there are diehard Old Japan fans. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean they don't support wrestling. They enjoy wrestling. That's what that's what they're there for. Okay, we'll move on to the next match. Chris Saban defeated Jay White. Yes, you heard that correctly. Said Chris Saban was representing Impact Wrestling, defeated Jay White as um well, things went a bit topsy turvy. Saban, um, of course, the veteran. Long-time association with Alex Shelley, uh, which is why this match happened. And then Sabin put in a blinder. Honestly, Sabin looks in better condition now than he did 20 years ago. I don't know how he does this. He actually looks younger than when he was Impact Wrestling World Champion. Yeah, that's weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's, it's weird because, you know, he's coming off of a lot of surgeries from back then. Yeah, yeah. You know, he yeah. looks... 
he looks he looks solid and in shape. And um, BJY, you know, JY's career is an interesting trajectory at the moment. You know, as he's supposed to be top gauge in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, hasn't wrestled there for over a year because of COVID. Can't really get into the country because of being from New Zealand and therefore he can't really get anywhere um, or chooses not to. And it's kind of like, he's kind of seen Zack Sabre Jr. kind of take his spot, really, to be honest with you. I mean, they tried to make Will Ospreay top gauging in, in New Japan. That clearly went badly. Um, so Zack Sabre Jr. is kind of like your top gauging now. That's that's where we are, really. And that's no bad thing as far as I'm concerned. But I do miss Jay White being in New Japan Pro Wrestling and just winding people up. Um, and kind of did what he normally does here. He never got to his finisher, the cutthroat, because it just didn't just didn't happen. <laughs> so yeah. that's 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 how he got beat with a roll up. So yeah, no, it was a good solid match. Eight point six from the cage match users. I agree with them. Battle bright right. It was excellent professional wrestling done to the highest order. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Absolutely. I think, you know, Saban's another one that slept on in a lot of ways. He, you know, he can put on a hell of a performance as well. And Jay White is, a, is, a, is a, you know, a certain standard um, that he's become coming off New Japan. But it is interesting that point about, um, you know, Jay, Jay White talking all that noise on the mic and over here. And it's kind of it topsy turvy with the L's and the W's um, right now because it's, it's like you, you are that ultimate villain over there. Over here, you know, we kind of messing with your mystique a little bit, uh, but I think you know ultimately he he he's accomplished so much in such a short amount of time at such a young age that you know I think there's a, a uniqueness that him he can be out that that new Japan speaking of bubbles and then go back into it mm-hmm. and like any topsy turviness that's kind of happening over here doesn't matter because he is like almost a unique bad guy to his own when he's in New Japan. Because he has such a way about winding people up and, you know, getting in people's head and ultimately coming out in wins that you didn't think he'd get. Um, even after talking about how much he'd get him, which you think would go the other way, but he ultimately comes out with the win because Jay White just has a certain um, way about himself in New Japan. So I think he's just having fun right now, and that's cool to see. You know, everything he's got going on in Impact and then popping up in other companies. Um, it's always an enjoyable to watch him. It was cool to see Saban pick up a win. You know, I like, I think everything that's going on with so much of this back and forth across different companies is there aren't any definitive, oh, this guy's going to win no matter where he goes. Like, it's, it's not that Omega yeah. name, if you will, you know, that, that was going on with Impact. Like, anybody can and will lose. People can and will drop titles um, on shows to, to guys who aren't even in the company. And, uh, you know, that just keeps things interesting to me. For sure, definitely. Um, he was also involved in the main event, the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson of Bullet Club. And that's the one pet peeve I have with Impact Wrestling. It's Bullet Club. No, the. <laughs> Please stop doing this. There are members of Bullet Club who have been in, the, been in Bullet Club since the beginning of the organization. They should have tell you it's just Bullet Club. No, the. Please stop saying the Bullet Club. It doesn't exist. It's just representing Bullet Club. Anywho. Pet peeve. Uh, they defeated Briscoe Brothers, Jay Briscoe and Mark Briscoe in nine minutes and 46 seconds. The Briscoe Brothers had a bit of a weekend, as you can probably imagine. After this, they had to go wrestle for GCW, and they just wrestled for, wrestled for Ring of Honor against FDR in an absolute bona fide tag team classic. So while this was had the makings of being a bona fide tag team classic, the Briscoes took a well-earned rest. <laughs> <laughs> And even when they took a well-earned rest, I'm not being funny, but they ran circles around the Good Brothers. So it was a bit of a disappointing main event. They should have, It should have been the proper main event. But when you're in demand as the Briscoes are, and let's be honest, they've got an unsure future. They're not sure if they're signing with the latest version of Ring of Honor or not yet. Negotiations have been apparently underway. And I kind of feel that, it wouldn't be the Ring of Honor without the Briscoes, as much as there are, as we've talked about before, issues for the Briscoes, um, as far as public public issues of the company is concerned. Um, it does mean that they're currently working their socks off because they've got to try and keep an income together when it comes to wrestling. Having said that, um, Mark has bought his own chicken farm in Sandy Fork, and he's running his own chicken farm now. So maybe they are looking to the future and winding down. Who knows? What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? 
Oh, look at that. Chicken with chickens. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the the interference of it all, like you said, the only thing that's more annoying than, you know, the Bullet Club thing is the good brothers are still the champions. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, yeah. they're not. They're not at the minute. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That, that just lets you know how long they kept on them. It still feels like they're the damn champion. Um, <laughs> Just annoyingly so, but thankfully, like you said, they're not I had to knock myself back into reality. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, they're the good brothers. You know, not to knock it. Carl Anderson, Big Gallows, talented guys. These aren't scrubs by any means. It's just they're, they're, they're annoying, superbly so. And like you said, the Briscoes had a weekend. They they had their classic for the week. Yeah. You know, yeah. If, if they were looking to top it, it was never gonna happen. They would literally push themselves to the brink of death. If they were looking to top what they did. We're going to talk about it. It was that damn good. Um, yeah. I mean, Jay, you, Jay came yeah. to the ring with a massive bandage on his forehead. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you, you, you're not going to phone it in, but it ain't going to be as good as that match you in the Crockett Cup last week. And it's not going to be as good as the match you had earlier this afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't going to get that. Um, and like I said, with interference, uh, but it, it happened. It was a, it was a match. It, it was a tag match. It was cool to see the Briscoes in uh, impact, if you will. And um, yeah, I just I gotta give I gotta give my hats off to them, man, because it really felt like in a way this this stuff with with fall off and Ring of Honor kind of reinvigorated them in a way, you know, to really you know solidify themselves. Like if people ever slept on us, let us remind you of just you know, who the hell we are, what we can do, and what we mean yeah, yeah. you know to this to, to this 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 lineage of, of of great tag teams that you you know talk about because you go throw us in a conversation um mm-hmm. like you said uh you know public public perceptions or what have you about and they still two of the best to do it and they, they certainly prove that um so it's gonna be like you said it's gonna be interesting what they're gonna do uh but I, I think it's cool just watching them be able to mix it up with you know long-term rivals like the bucks and uh, obviously FTR and there are other teams that they could certainly, you know, do this kind of stuff with. I was thinking about like I'd love to see them, you know, go against the guns. I think that'll be a bomb burner. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. The the great thing about all these conversations that we're gonna have in the upcoming week is that all these possibilities are actually possible now. Yeah. You know yeah. Yeah. So we will talk about We'll talk about uh, the other possibilities later in the week when we talk to Alex. You might get an extra special one this week because I'm sure John wants to talk about the collective (laughs) (laughs) and all the things that have went on there. Um, It's been a good week for wrestling. That's the best thing about these weeks is, you know, Wrestle Kingdom week, there was, we, me and John did a lot of work because there was DDT did a cracking show on Christmas. um, uh, Noah did Boxing Day. New Japan, uh, sorry, DDT did New Year's Eve. Uh, Glate did a bunch of stuff on the 27th. There was a bunch of really big shows in Japan, and it's one of those weeks again. It's a shame we'll have to wait till January for it to happen all over again, really. But there you go. <laughs> Any closing thoughts on this particular show, Marcus? Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily mind, mind seeing it again. Obviously, uh, you know, a good talking point uh, coming out of this is, uh, you know, I think Anthem Cares. Um, you know, teaming up with I think Tag Me In and everything. Uh, that was an excerpt with um, uh, Gail Kim and um, Mickey James. You know, for teaming up. Uh, I forgot the exact name of it, but it was it was for a good cause and around women and what have you. So um, I think they called it Dressomania or something to that to that effect. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just good to see you know uh, some more stuff being done around us because WrestleCon is really good for that. It's all really is an all encompassing weekend. Um around not only like wrestling matches that you wouldn't normally see throughout the year, but also good causes around those things. So, you know, yeah. Um, you know, people could literally tag in and check that out and help towards that and buy shirts or whatever you can do, you know, because there, there are a lot of causes within this community that, you know, deserve, you know, recognition and uh, you know, help. So there you go. All right. Thank you very much for listening to the Troopany show today. My name's James Troopany. You can find me at Sheriff Lone Star on Twitter. Where can we find you on the internet, Marcus? 
Yes, you can find me on Twitter. I'm always down to conversate with some good folks. Uh, that's on Twitter at Paradox Kid, P-A-R-A-D-O-X-K-I-D. There you go. You can find the show, Troopany Show, on Twitter or The Troopany Show on Facebook and on Patreon where you can keep the show free forever for everyone. And we appreciate your contributions. Helps pays for our SoundCloud and keeps the show going. Take care. We might be back midweek with a special once we've found Alex and tied him down for an hour to talk about wrestling. Um, and we'll probably be back next week with more collective talk, I would think, with John Dinsdale. We shall see how the week develops. In the meantime, have a good week and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. <laughs>